ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to A Pen and a Napkin, episode two. I'm so excited to have my friend Jennifer Raggi on the line here from Elkhorn Public High School, Elkhorn North High School. Uh, does a tremendous job with her program and looking forward to talking to her for the next stretch of time. Uh, before we get going, though, I want to go over a few things. First of all, if you haven't downloaded the first episode with Kelly Flynn from Fremont High School, I encourage you to do so. Uh, it was a great conversation that we had. We touched on a lot of topics there. I also want to, before we get going here, want to recognize our sponsor for this episode, which is Cossack Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive, which is just off of 144th Maple, 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Dr. Kevin and Dr. Heidi are there for all of your chiropractic needs, and they are the absolute best. I've been going to them for almost 15 years, and they have always treated me like royalty. The first time I went, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon. I literally called them on a Sunday afternoon. They were closed. He was painting the office. He picked up the phone, and he said, come on in, uh, when he didn't have to, and I will always be in debt to them for that. Coaches, if you have any athletes who are struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, go have them see Cossack Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at CossackChiro.com or make an appointment. Uh, to make an appointment, give them a call at 402-964-0300 and be sure that you tell them that you heard about Cossack Chiropractic from a pen and a napkin. Also, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We're going to try and put out some daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. Please, uh, obviously you're listening to this, so download it on Spotify or iTunes. Download it, rate it, five stars. Coach Raggi, when this goes up, you need to rate it five stars, and you need to listen to it, okay? I need that help, all right? You got we'll it, Jen? Do, we'll do. All right, good. Uh, we want to get the word out. This is all about helping coaches. Um, we want to gain momentum and ratings so that we can help as many coaches as we can to build and educate themselves on their craft. Uh, so please do that. Uh, if you'd like to email us at the pod, please do so at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. That's a pen and a napkin, all one word, at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or questions you'd like answered, please don't hesitate to reach out to us and we'll see if we can answer that for you. Uh, as with episode number one, our big purpose, uh, we want this to be a coaching clinic in your phone and we want to be there to help you out at all times. We want to help high school coaches be better high school coaches and to help them with their craft. And when you have somebody who kicked the snot out of me a few times on the line, it's always good to have that there. So Jennifer Raggi from Elkhorn High School. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing great. Great, glad to be here. Awesome. Some statistics on Jen. 23 years total as a coach, 14 of them as a head coach. Uh, 223 wins, 87 losses, uh, eight state tournaments, uh, a runner-up in 2011, and of course a Class B state championship in 2018. Uh, just does a tremendous job with her kids. Uh, you teach PE, don't you, Jen? I sure do, yep. Yeah, what, middle school PE. Middle school PE. God bless you for that. Uh, <laughs> so what's what's the craziest thing you've ever had happen in PE class? Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, there's been a new, numerous, some things I can talk about and some things I can't. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a daily craziness, I guess. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. I taught PE for three years. I, I did teach, I'm sorry, I taught junior high for three years. And uh, some really, really good kids. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting age, that's for sure. It, yeah, it sure is. <laughs> so, and, and you see a totally different light of them being in the gym as opposed to being in the classroom and stuff too. So, uh, Absolutely. yeah. So, well, let's get into some stuff here. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself for those of you that, or for the people that don't know who you are, kind of where you grew up, uh, where you went to high school, uh, college, that type of thing. Um, how you got into coaching so forth and so on. Okay. Well, I, uh, grew up on a farm in a small town, uh, named Bruning, Nebraska, and, um, you know, we were D2, well, I think we were D1 and C2, so real small, uh, I had 15 people in my graduating class, so 
um, you know, that's quite a change from the, the place that I teach now. Question, quick question uh, on that. Yeah. Did you yeah. finish? Did you finish in the upper half of your class academically? I, I, I think I did. I think I did. Good so. way, way to go. Way to go. I'm proud of you. Oh yeah. So um, anyway, so uh, being in Bruning, you know, a small town, you, you did all the sports and you were involved with band and and all of that. And so um, from there, I went on to Midland and played basketball there for for four years. And um, let's see, my first job was in uh, Creek, Nebraska. I taught and uh, coached basketball and volleyball and track there at Creed, and then I was there for four years and um, made my move up here to Elkhorn, so I've I've been here since. I have uh, two kids, one girl who's, uh, she's 10, just turned 10, and the boy just turned 9, and uh, my husband and I and our family live in Elkhorn, um, so it's been a it's been a real good run, a real good life, and I'm thankful for, you know, everything that's happened along the way. Sure, sure. Um Tell us about your high school coach, uh, Fred Cluck. Um, yeah. you, you, you put him down as, as one of your, you know, major influences and, and, uh, you know, just what did you, uh, take from him, uh, that, that you still use today? Sure. Uh, well, coach Cluck was extremely demanding and, and I, I think it would be hard for maybe these days players to relate to him now just because, you know, he was old school and, um, you know, he brought out the best in you, no matter what. He made you work extremely hard. Uh, he didn't make things easy on purpose, and you know that was to make you better on the court. But you know, obviously, more important as a person growing up. But you know, he was my middle school coach and my high school coach. So in a small town, you get kind of the advantage of um, getting to know your coach for you know not just four years, but six years. And um, you know, he influenced me, just taught me the game, and. I think just how to how to play tough and um, you know try to be aggressive and um, you know do the things that hopefully will make you successful as a basketball player. And then I, I still kind of think back of some of the things that he used to do, you know, to make you tough and um, just you know kind of hardworking things such as rebounding and, and doing those things. But uh, he also not only taught me the game but got me involved with coaching. Uh, I, I remember I was a junior or senior and kind of like uh, a teaching cadet situation. I got to go down and help with junior high PE at that point during my day. And uh, he even let me get involved with some coaching. Uh, at that time, your basketball practice was your PE class in middle school. So I got to coach uh, some middle school basketball as a, as I think I was a senior in high school, which was a lot of fun and really sparked my interest obviously in PE, but also, you know, in coaching and, and being involved with young players. Did you put a, did you put together a scouting report for those games? <laughs> I, I did not put together a scouting report, but I kids, do remember kid, Coach like, making us do that in high school. Coach, kids, here's here's a 12-minute look at the sixth graders <laughs> here. We're going to splice this together. Here's here's what they do on their out-of-bounds plays. Come hey, on now. Yep, yep nope, I, I didn't get involved with that, no. <laughs> Oh, you've got that secret file somewhere. I know you do. So <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go look for that. You were really lucky. Um, you got to play for one of the best coaches that a lot of people have never heard of in yep. Joanne, and and I think that um, you know we were in college at the same time, uh -huh. and you know we went head to head, um, and. I think her contributions to the game, unfortunately, have kind of slipped through the cracks. Don't yep. you think a little bit? I mean, absolutely, especially when you talk about you know just getting women involved and young young ladies involved, and the influence she had on small college basketball is is kind of unreal. And I don't I don't know that a lot of people recognize that you know now, um, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, she had such an influence on NAIA basketball and small college basketball that um, I, I wish people would know more about that. Well, I, you know, like one of the things I remember was um, we played a lot of nights. Like today, like in the GPAC, you know, they have mm -hmm. the doubleheaders almost exclusively, oh, especially yeah. within yep. conference. But Joanne saw it differently in that we're going to play separately from the guys because we don't want to be dependent on the guys and, and, and things yep. like that, you know, just that, 
that independent streak that she felt like women needed at that time. You know, yep. I mean, did yep. she did she talk to you guys about that type of stuff? Yeah, she was such a, a good educator with, um, you know, just taught us about how the how it used to be. Um, she taught us about how kind of when she played and when she started getting involved with the game and then her struggles that she had, you know, in the first year where she started coaching. In fact, if you're a, a Pat Summit follower, if you kind of read through some of her books and the struggles that she was going through, I, I would imagine it would be similar to what Joanne went through. As she was, you know, trying to get basketball going at that level, at the small college level. But, yeah, and she, she did such a great job of teaching us about, you know, standing up for yourselves and um, trying to do the right thing, trying to promote girls' basketball, women's basketball at that time, um, and just not taking things for granted. And, you know, she was always telling us, you know, how it used to be and um, making sure that we appreciate how – people like her have struggled. I mean, she never said herself, but how yeah. the struggle went for, you know, women's sports and, um, you know, the right to play basketball, the right to play any sport for that matter, and just kind of the rights that you have, you know, equal to the boys. So I really appreciate that aspect of what she taught us and how she taught us to appreciate, you know, the opportunities that were given. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, she was a really good basketball coach. I mean, a really good mm-hmm. X's and O's coach that adapted her teams to their to their talent and their personnel and and that type of stuff, you know, and and I think that you know um, you know the last few years of her career, she didn't have the success on the court that she had uh-huh. in the you know especially like in the seventies and the eighties. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and and so I think that people don't remember that as much. You know, right. and and remember her influence, and without uh, people like Joanne and and right. others. I mean, you know, yeah. especially in Nebraska, you got you know mm-hmm. Ken Rodas and and Gene Steinmeier mm-hmm. and and those guys that that really uh, you know fought hard for the women's game to be as big as the men's game that that got the national tournaments going and did mm-hmm. well and represented the the region well and and things like that so um i you know i think both of us were really fortunate to be around people like that during our kind of formative basketball years you know yeah, i absolutely agree with that and you know i think i think it's so important to um you know, teach obviously young ladies, you know, kind of the history of it, but I think it's hard and I'm glad it's hard for them to imagine a time where they couldn't just go into the main gym to practice or they didn't get anybody <laughs> to come to the stands or they weren't allowed to even play games. So, I mean, I, I, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword that you're glad that they don't have to go through that. You're glad that uh, they have the opportunities that they have right now, but at the same time, you know, it's like you still want to educate them on the past and um, you know, you really appreciate those people who fought hard for those things. And yeah, you're absolutely right there. I mean, she wasn't the only one, but, um, yeah, I know she was one of the first. So, you know, that's as far as I know Yeah. Uh, from the small college aspect anyway. Well, yeah. And she's, you know, hall basketball hall of famer, yes. one of the few basketball yes. hall of famers from the state of Nebraska. Right. I mean, you know, and she's, like I said, she is just, uh, you know, unfortunately just kind of been a little bit lost in that and, and uh-huh. that's and that's not fair to her uh looking back on it not only then but also now now that you have some experience uh but what are uh you know what are some things that you remember then and now you look back on you know some of the things that you felt like you were ready for and some of the things that you were like i uh, did not anticipate uh-huh. this you know yep i think uh you know just especially coming coming right out of college you know you think you know everything and you think you could be a head coach right away oh oh yeah uh, of course <laughs> you, think you have all the answers oh yeah and, you know you're going from you know being in college to okay i'm gonna go go to uh being a uh, assistant high school coach i have I, I know everything but um you know as far as like teaching the skills running a practice you know uh maybe x's and o's i felt like i uh was pretty confident in that area and then you know, you're always kind of chopping at the bit. I always wanted to be a head coach, and that was kind of what I aspired to be from day one. And I remember, you know, every single year, and I really respected the head coaches that I was with, and I enjoyed my time with them, but every year I kept thinking, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, and uh, I could do this. And, 
you know, when it finally came time and I was, you know, that was nine years of being an assistant coach. I was pretty confident that I was ready. Man, as soon as that inbox and that email started filling <laughs> up and, you know, you're trying to uh, balance, you know, your family life and, and maybe taking some college courses and t teaching and um, now you're trying to, you know, fill out bus requests and parents want to know how many people are going to be on the bus so we can get sandwiches there and how am I going to deal with tryouts and cutting kids and what teams they're going to be on and maybe youth coaches wanting your time. Like things get really crazy as a head coach and uh, and it's just day in and day out. It's, it's different situations, as you know, that yeah. come up and, you know, it's just I, I never imagined how much time goes into answering those questions and planning and organizing and there's so much more to being a head coach than standing up there and coaching and, and going to practice like you get to do as you're an assistant so I yeah. appreciate I think I appreciated the head coaches that I was under even more once I became a head coach you know than maybe I did as I was an assistant you think it's more complicated today I do I think the communication piece is it's awesome. It's easy to communicate, but at the same time, you're pretty accessible. So, yeah. you know, it, it's easy for people to shoot an email if they're unhappy with you and as opposed to, uh oh, now when am I going to call the coach? And uh, he, I have to talk to the coach in person now instead of sending an email. Um, I And I think there's so much more out there demanding of coaches. Yeah. And I think there's so much more pressure to win, you know, yeah. and uh, – I don't know. And that's the thing. And a lot of the pressure you're putting on yourself and a lot of that pressure also comes from the outside. So, um, you know, I remember the first, Oh, it took me a while, four or five years as a head coach to really try to get that pressure, you know, try to funnel it in the right direction and just take a deep breath and, and try to have more balance in my life. And, you know, just kind of say, you know what, I got to leave this there and come home to my family and, you know, have that time here with my family. Yeah, I think that's I, I, I think that for, for any coach out there, um nobody puts more pressure on you than right. yourself. You know? Absolutely. And I think that is sometimes forgotten. You know Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, and and uh yeah, I think that's uh you know, one thing that I know um you know, if slash when I get back into it uh -huh. is I'm going to do a lot better job of delegating a lot of those things that you were talking about, you know, uh -huh. and, and, um, you know, I think that's just important, just like you said, to kind of keep that sanity. And, and I guess right. that would be a big, uh, a big piece of advice I would give somebody who's never been a head coach before who's uh -huh. moving into a head coaching position is, you got to delegate because you can't do it all yourself. No, absolutely. And I think in my situation, I'm sure it's true. Later, but I just figured I had to do it all. I just thought, you know what? I, I felt, I kind of felt bad about delegating some things, but at the same time, I thought I have to do this. And as soon as you learn that, you know what, <laughs> you have good people around you, you can trust them. Um, and they, they love that responsibility too. Yeah. And, uh, as soon as you learn that, like think it's a lot easier. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, um, you talked about being a mom, you know, and, 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 you right. know, you, um, you know, do you feel, do you feel that pull every now and then, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know yeah. I felt it as a dad, nope. but, nope. and, uh, you know, um, that, you know, is the mom thing the same? Is it, I mean, you know, that was just one of the uh -huh. questions I wanted to ask you, you know, because you are a, a longtime coach yep. in, and, uh, in a, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's a male dominated yep. industry and right. you're kicking butt and, and taking names and, but you're, <laughs> but, you, but you're also, you know, you're also still a mom and you feel, and I'm sure you probably feel like, you know, I still have those mom responsibilities, yeah. you know, I mean, talk, yep. talk to, you know, especially for our female listeners, you know, kind of talk to them a little bit about that. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and I, and I don't, I don't want to say that it's only moms, you know, that fill that poll because I know there's a lot of dad coaches oh, yeah. out there that fill it too. I, I don't want to say that, but I think there is, I don't know, it is hard. And, um, but at the same time, you know, you have to have 
you know, a spouse, a partner, whoever, uh, you have to have them supportive of the whole thing, you know, and, and that was where I was fortunate enough to, my husband knew that I always wanted to be a coach and yeah. that's just, you know, that's the way it was. Yeah. And he accepts that he loves it. Uh, he loves some of the games. So you have to have a supportive, uh, you know, partner. I don't know what you want to say here, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, or no. spouse in, in your situation to help because if that person's not willing to stay home on a Tuesday night while you're driving two hours to a game and, uh, you know, you won't see them from the minute you leave for school and you might not see them again till late that night. Yeah. Um, that, that's tough, but also it's nice to have somebody that's also willing to bring your kids to games and deal with that. Cause that, I, I tell you what, I remember when I have, obviously my kids are one year apart, as I mentioned, and my husband would walk into a game, and so one's barely walking, and the other one's in a car seat, you know, carrier thing. Yeah. And I would look up and go, "Oh my gosh!" And I remember I did that. We went to a boys' game, and I and he was with me, and I was with both kids, going, "I don't know how you do this. There's no <laughs> way I would go to all these games." But I, I know he did it, you know, so that I could still see the kids. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I know he did that for us and me and. But the other thing is, it, it's you just you have to find time to balance things, and I am not the person to to give you all the answers on that because I know there's times where on a Sunday I'm spending six hours watching film and making yeah. a practice plan, and and you feel really really guilty. But I also know the other part is the time that you get to spend with your kids. I think you really really choose to really be fully invested in that time because you know, you know if, it's, yeah. if it's a Saturday afternoon and we don't have anything, I know that I got to embrace that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the awesome part now, I love it now because both kids can, can go to practice and um, my daughter can go into the locker room and sit there and kind of learn from a loss. And she hears it now and it kind of clicks and um, she sees kind of what's going on. So, and what, what better place to, to raise kids than around high school athletes that are good influences. And yep. so I, I really appreciate it now. Now it's kind of like come full circle. And I feel like thing that's hard is, you know, you're also kind of expected to coach them too. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, you, yeah. you show up for, uh, the, 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 uh, the fourth grade game. And if, yeah. if, if, if tip is at three o'clock, you get there at two fifty nine because you know if the right. coach isn't there, you're the right. first person that everybody's looking at, and you're just like, no, oh. no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to do that. So you're walking out of a high school practice to go to a fourth grade practice, and you're kind of geared up, and and then all of a sudden you're like, I got to take a deep breath and take this down a few notches. So well, uh, wait, hey, just it's, just it's tough. Just get out that practice plan you had when you were a senior yeah. in high school. You got that yeah. all ready to go already. You know. It's all so. ready exactly so so you you know you kind of went through a stretch where uh you you get to the state tournament you had some really talented teams the the year that you finished runner-up um you know that was a great team i mean we both kind of fell victim to that uh seward buzzsaw that ran through things you know um i think taverde both owes us a state championship or two Uh, but then you uh the 2018 team, the, the team that ends up winning it, yeah. yep. just had a different feel to it. You know, did, did you did yeah. you feel that? Um, you know, what was, you know, other than you won, but, you right. know, right. but what, you know, what do you think helped bring you to that point? I mean, you, you talked about you felt like you had matured as a coach, uh, sure. you know, things like that, just kind of. What brought all that together, do you think? Well, I do think, um, so, so in the 2011 team, so I was only, I was by, what, five years into being a head coach. I think I still was putting that pressure on myself. I put the pressure on our, our girls, our team. There was already pressure that year on that runner-up team uh, because we were class A and the year before. Uh, we ended up oh, being that's third. right. Yeah, we that's ended up being third in Class A. And so the whole talk was, because Elkhorn South was opening, that we would still have this team, and we had all of our seniors coming back, and we were supposed to make it to the finals, and that was kind of the big thing. So we were one, and we were two, or vice versa. And 
um, there was so much pressure that year to get to that final. And, um, you know, and again, we had great players. Um, I would say, honestly, way more talented team on paper than our 2018 team. Probably in a video um, game, the 11 no, team yeah. beats the 18 team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but, you know, and then just throughout learning from that experience, I, I told myself, I remember saying, I'm, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to feel that pressure again. And I think, you know, there, you know, in 2018, Rock State Tournament could have been probably four to six teams winning it that year. Sure. Um, I, I believe there was a lot of parity. Uh, it was whoever was going to get hot at the right time. Um, but I really do think our, our culture of our program had changed in probably, I don't know, even the, the four or five, six years before that. And um, kids really started buying in, not that they didn't in 2011, but it, w- it was all about playing for each other and playing for our program. And um, they just bought in. So, you know, whether we won it or, or lost it that year, it, I feel like those were some of the, the most fun years that I've had coaching just because of the players who would sacrifice everything for each other. And uh, there were, it was so much selflessness. And um, it was just a, a lot of fun. And, well, when your uh, best, when, when your best yeah. player is as selfish as Carlson was. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. almost like she should have been a heck of a lot more selfish than what she was. Yeah. You know. And there were, yeah. I mean, there were, that's a perfect example. But, you know, she was a big part of our culture for four years. And I still see kind of the, um, you know, the benefits of having in our program, even, you know, today, a couple years later, just and her sister was the same way. They're just, and, and there were other people like we had uh, Carly Cameron that year that was equally selfless. And it's just crazy how you get um, a good bunch of kids and even before her, and it just kind of starts trickling down and you keep seeing it year after year after year, and then, you know, all of a sudden your goal isn't to win the state tournament. It's just to have a great season and um, play for each other and feel good when you end the season, and then all of a sudden good things happen, and and then you don't even plan for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then you wake up with a state (laughs) state championship trophy on your kitchen table or something like that, you know, so, yeah, Yeah, I mean, no, no, I I agree with you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you just had, you you know, you get down there and you just feel that vibe and you just watch uh-huh. a team and you know how it is, you know, kind of like, you know, last year with, with Northwest, you yeah. know, um, they just, from Thursday night, they looked they like they just kind of had that thing, whatever that thing is, you know, that, I, that, I that we're know. all looking it's, for. It's yeah. crazy. It's just a crazy, crazy thing that I, I guess until you see it or go through it, you don't really know it's there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, hey, we are going to, we're going to transition here a little bit. Uh, we're going to throw out the Don Meyer quote of the day, uh, the GOAT Don Meyer, my personal coaching hero. Uh, the quote of the day, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You don't stay the same, so we have to use every practice and workout to get better. That is the Don Meyer quote of the day. So let's get into some coaching Specific stuff, your philosophy, um, stuff that you wanted, uh, that you do in practice, you feel, and, and okay. competition, you feel like you do well. You talked about, you know, let, let's pick up here. Uh, you you okay. talked about culture, and you talked about the the changing culture. And, yeah. and, and, it, and, it's, and I think you framed it really well. Thank you for doing that. That makes my job easier. Okay. Uh, you know, you had kind of two bookends to it, where you had, you know, two teams in the state championship game. And, and one won and one lost. And, and you know just well as I do, you play both of those games again. It could be the complete opposite, right. you know. Absolutely. Um, right. But but you said you felt a, a difference. You, you felt a cultural difference. There was a shift there in that six or seven year gap. Uh, you know, talk about that culture, um, what you did to build it, um, you know, just kind of everything that went into that. Let's start there. Okay. Um I can't, I can't put my finger exactly on, on what happened that year, but my philosophy on culture is, I I think, and people might disagree with me, I think it takes time. I don't think that you can go in and one year and, and switch a team's culture. I just don't believe that. I think it takes time. And I think kind of the definition of culture should be, you know, where's, how's the program over a series of years? And 
how's it going there? But, um, you know, it, it took a lot of good athletes, but not just athletes, but good leaders. So we had some people who you wouldn't probably know if I said their name right now because maybe they didn't show up in stats, but they were great contributors as far as locker room and, and things like that. Uh, one, one of the things that we do is I, I meet with the seniors, which I'm sure most, co- most coaches do, um, and we, I just talk to them. We, we have pizza. We sit around a table at Godfather's, and I ask them, you know, what do you guys want out of this year? And I try to put that ownership on them, which, you know, that's hard for an 18, 17-year-old to, to kind of process. But we talk and I take notes, and I just listen, and they tell me what they want to be known for at the end of the season. And um, they talk about um, kind of their expectations. And I bring up some pretty tough topics. You know, if I, if I think maybe there's a senior on the team who – know might not get the playing time that they want I mean I bring that up and I ask them you know how are we going to handle this and uh, we try to problem solve through that before we get to the season that's before the season even starts um so that's one thing we do and I don't know whether it helps or not I don't know (laughs) quick question quick question so what do you do uh and we've all been there um you you tell uh Becky or Johnny you know hey um you're a great kid uh, we want you to be part of this team, but you know, on Friday nights when the lights turn on, yeah. I don't see you playing very much. And the kid goes, "Hey, coach, I'm cool with that. Um, I understand." So forth and so on. Okay, do your mom and dad get that? Yeah, they understand that. So forth, and so on. And then about the third Friday night, when you've told them that this was going to happen and it actually happens, yeah. and then all of a sudden the knocks and the the pings on the emails yeah. go off. Uh, you know, I think. Most, if not all of us, have been there in some way, shape, or form. How do you right. handle that? Well, so I, I would go back and I personally, I don't, I, and you're not going to believe this, but I don't get, oh, I've had very few emails and calls and complaints. But so I just say one of the things that I do, and we have a, a communication agreement that I put in my handbook. And uh, so that's one of the first things that I'll say to that. Um, and that is, and I make sure the administration is okay with this and they agree to it. One of the things I say is um, I, I'm not going to talk to a parent first. I'm going to talk to the kid. And if the kid has a problem, if the player has a problem or a question, we'll sit down and talk. And if if we're okay talking and that's the end of it, then that's the end of it. But if, if the player is still unhappy, then I open the door. Okay, if we're going to talk, it's going to be in person and it's going to be with the player sitting there. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to do this email thing. We're not going to do this phone thing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to sit down, coach, parent, parents, and player, and we're going to talk this out. Uh, and so far, I don't know that that's even got that far. And then I said, okay, if you're still not happy at that point, then we can bring an administrator in and we can go through that route. Um, so I guess that's the first thing. Not only is it in the handbook, but during the parent meeting, I go through that in detail as well. Mm-hmm. I knock on wood. I hate talking about it because I, hopefully I'm not jinxing, jinxing myself right now. But that's the first thing. But, you know, it happens. Uh, you know, you hate to see a player unhappy. You hate to see a player miserable, even though you've already set that up. You've already told them, I don't see you playing a lot. Yeah. Because it's like I, it's all happened. It happens every year. Yep. Um, I, I just try to keep encouraging them personally, um, privately. And one of the things that we do is we kind of recognize in practice each night. Uh, and I'll, I can go through that later, but we, we do these things called positives. So each night we go around, uh, as we close and every player says a positive, if they want, they don't have to. And it's funny because some of our players who maybe don't see the court, maybe our best practice players, or maybe our best opponent in practice. And, uh, I just kind of try to encourage them that, you know what, that's your role. You're making everybody better. I'll try to reward you with playing time when the time comes, but I can't, as I said before, I can't guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you try to just keep communicating. You just try to keep telling them ahead of time that that's the situation that you see. And uh, I don't know that it, uh, it's hard for a kid to accept, I think, sure. still when that time is there. And I get it. And I, I sympathize with them. I'm very open with them about that. And like I said, you just got to find a role for them. And sometimes that role is in practice and you just got to keep saying, Hey, you know what? You're Mm -hmm. the reason that maybe we win the game tonight because you were so hard to go against in practice. Yep. Yep. And, and that's kind of all you can do. 
you know, yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I like what you said about, you know, just, it's a simple thing. They're, the kids walking down the hallway and, yeah. you know, Hey, you know, Becky, I, I loved, uh, you, you had a great practice yesterday. You yeah. know, you, you really pushed Mary really hard. Love right. what you did yesterday. Keep it up, you know, and, yeah. and you hope, you hope that those things, and in the moment, it's hard um, it for, for kids to understand that. But hopefully as they mature, um, they they do see right. what you tried to do, you know, yep. even though they yep. might not see it right now. So exactly. What, what yeah. other what other stuff did you see with your with your culture um, that you that you felt like um, things had changed? Yeah. Not not changed, you know, right, but just right. I- improved, or y- you sure. you got wiser, or however you want to put it. Um, I think by not putting so much pressure on myself, that helps me just be looser with the girls, you know, and uh, not take it so serious. Even though I, that's still my problem, I still take it pretty serious. But um, <clears throat> just taking the pressure off, uh, and just like you said, delegating to assistants takes a lot of pressure off yourself. But um, I think. You know, one of the other things we do, uh, it, it goes back to like Bruce Brown. I don't know if you're familiar with yep. Bruce Brown, but yep. it's the, the covenant thing. We do it. We've done it every single year, probably yep. since maybe I took over in 2006. But um, and just getting the, the players to buy into those covenants, we, we sit down as a group and go through them. And I just try to do a better job of revisiting those covenants, you know, weekly or daily or, or monthly or whatever. Um, and I think that's been a huge, huge part of our, our, our culture and our program as well. I think those covenants are, are kind of a key. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we, we do a unity council. Um, we try to do that where players vote a couple of representatives per grade level. And uh, I think just being having an open door for them to come in, hey, you know what, coach, this isn't working for us or this is a problem that's it's happening in the locker room. Uh, what do you want us to do? And kind of putting that ownership back on the players. You know, not only not only are you helping your program, but you're helping them become leaders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those have been some big things. Um, we've also tried to get our uh, youth involved as far as, like, you know, coming to games and recognizing them and um, just trying to get the community more involved. You know, we're a big school and yeah. we're a big community. And uh, just trying to get them involved with things and, um, you know, another thing, just opportunities away from basketball for our kids to hang out together and, and get to know each other, like bowling parties and, and all that fun stuff that it might just be going, hey, you guys go to a movie this weekend and, and don't invite the coaches. You guys go and, and things like that, I think, have all helped part, yeah. as part of it. Yeah, the, you know, the closer, yeah, I always said, the less I have to say, the better we're going to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and there's usually a pretty direct correlation to the years that were tough, uh-huh. tougher, chemistry wise yeah. or whatever. Uh, those were the years where it felt like I had to talk a lot, <laughs> and, right. and, and and the years right. that I didn't have to say a whole lot, you know, correlated into a really great experience for everybody. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, so I, I think that plays a huge part into it as well. Yeah. Um, what What's a typical Jennifer Raggi practice look like? Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, okay. I was I was lucky enough. You let me behind the the curtain uh-huh. to see the great and powerful Oz oh, last year for yeah. for a day. Um, uh-huh. uh, so so I know, but to our listeners, kind of describe it. You know, how do you? Let's say it's uh, oh mid December. You know, you're okay. into it you're into it but it's yeah. not you know you're not doing the the two two and a half hour early season practice but sure. you're not you're not down to an hour hour 15 in early to mid february let's say sure. you know you're, you're mid-december you're three or four games into it you know okay. what's 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 a typical if things are going as planned you know what you know how are you going to set up your average practice well, well, first of all, I don't think that I I am doing anything different probably than anybody else. So don't 
don't don't uh, preempt it like that. <laughs> so I just know um, I had to walk down the yellow brick road to get in. That's that's no, that's all I know. I don't think that's true. No, my my goal in practice, and I probably get this from we talked about Joanne Brocker. What is uh, I just number one? I want to be as efficient with time as possible. I know the girls are taxed with their time with you know obviously homework and things like that. So um, I think the the more efficient you can get through practice. You know, the better, obviously, we all think that. Um, so I, my goal is to have very little transition time, very little time in between uh, drills or segments of practice. Um, I also am very anal about my minute-to-minute practice plan, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm to the T. And in fact, the girls kind of get on me because I, I uh, sometimes I'm behind. But um, Anyway, I, I send a practice plan out to my assistants either the night before or the morning of. And the reason I do that is I want them involved with practice. I want them running some things, and um, I want them to take ownership. But I, it also gives them a chance to read, ask questions, mm-hmm. uh, so that they know what's going on. Otherwise, by the time I, I get to practice and they get to practice and we're in the middle of it, I do, you know, there's trailers. a lot of explaining going on, which is going to take time. Hey, so quick question. Quick yeah. question. Do you yeah. let Do you let your players see the practice? I don't. I okay. don't. I thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, me too. To that. Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of there. There's part of you that says, you know, they see it, they know what to yeah. prepare for, they got an idea. But then there's yeah. that part of it where you, I mean, in a game, it's not like you know you were you weren't going to look down to me and say, hey, we're going to run number five now. Right. Uh, just wanted you to be aware of that, you know, that type of, you well, know, you so. You already I, knew that, though. You already knew what I was running before I ran it, so. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I, I, even if I knew it was coming, you beat me a hell of a lot more no, than I beat you, so. I don't think that's true. Yeah, so it, did, it apparently it didn't didn't do me any good, so. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah. No, no, no I, was, I, I always yeah. kind of wondered about that, you know, um, yeah. you know. Yep. part of it my high school coach would let us see the practice sure and and being 16 or 17 you're like okay that's gonna suck that's gonna suck yep. that'll be fun oh i can kind of slack off here yeah, uh you know yeah, and that no. and that and so i always was kind of like i'm just gonna keep them on their toes i really never let them see it you know yeah, and I know I give our managers a practice plan, and, and yeah. they're kind of sitting over in the corner running the clock and everything, and I know that the girls, you know, go over and look at it. That that really doesn't bother me that they look at it. It doesn't, you know, I just, I don't have an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, I guess I just don't want them to, you know, have an opinion about what we're doing before we do it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I need to let go and put that practice plan on the bulletin board. And I, I don't know. know. I mean, I was. I you just said that, and that popped into my head. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've thought about that too. I don't know what the answer is. I would be interested to uh, talk to somebody that maybe does that and kind of kind of listen to why they do that. That'd be interesting to me as well. Well, sometime so, on the podcast, I'm sure I'll run into somebody, oh, and while you're listening to that, then you'll know. Absolutely. Yeah. Then there we'll you have. Yep. How it goes. Yeah. So, so you send it out to your uh, assistant coaches, and yep. you know you want that. I I agree. I think that's a I think that's a great practice. Yep. I you know um, that's what I did, and and you know mm-hmm. be pinging emails back and forth to each other all day. Absolutely. Yeah. That type of thing. So uh, continue from there. I apologize. Okay. So. So you know, just to start practice off, we we like everybody. We meet in the middle, and we do a quick three minute. Um, one of the things we do, and I can talk about this later, is we have an opponent of the week, and uh, so usually we meet in the middle and kind of review that opponent quick or remind them, and um, maybe I tell them who's gone or what, and we get going right away. Um, they've actually by that time already came in and hopefully got their you know got their treatment, got taped, and then they do their shot progression. Um, and then usually we start out with some kind of a team warm up, uh, probably uh, five to seven minutes, and that could be your layup drills. Uh, it could be a shooting drill, since they've just done their shot progression. And uh, from there we go into fundamentals, um, and that could be. I like to go in small groups. Um, a lot of times, two different groups, if if not three, and we kind of rotate stations. Um, some will be ball handling and uh, passing and maybe some shooting or a combination of those. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I have my assistants and muscle palm myself running those stations. Um, then we, we go into a segment of shooting and some kind of a team drill or, a, or individual drill. Um, and then, of course, I don't like this part, but being the PE teacher, I feel like we need a lot of stretch. And we, we do a quick five-minute stretch. 
And, you guys stretch uh, right in the middle of practice? We, well, that's just the beginning. So oh, okay. Okay. This is probably 30 minutes in. Okay. Maybe, maybe 25, 30 minutes in. Okay. We stretch after they, you know, have a good warm up. Okay. Um, and then we, we go into position work. Um, we do, uh, a lot of times we'll get all four coaches involved where, uh, and actually, so there might be four stations, but you're only going to two that day and I'll have the kids kind of organize which ones are going where. So it could be. Uh, one coach is doing finishing drills with guard work, and another coach is doing maybe things guard work specific to our offense, and mm-hmm. um, maybe another coach is doing post low post moves, and then we have the gun out, and uh, so we're doing some perimeter shooting off the gun, and then they actually go to like they'll go to two stages of the day, and I'll try to make sure the next day they go to two different ones depending on who they are and what position they play and so on. Um, so I, I would say the first 45 minutes to at least 45 minutes is, is fundamental work, um, kind of individual breakdown stuff. Uh, then we go into, uh, usually we go right into our, our defensive segment. So you might see a lot of shell, whether that be zone work, zone breakdown, or, you know, I, you know how much I love zone. Uh, we may go into uh, most of the time. It's, uh, <laughs> I hate it, but it works. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, anyway. anyway. Most, of, most of the time we're doing man to man shell work and things like that. We, we spend a lot of time on that, um, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes and sometimes different uh, breakdown drills. Um, Even, it, you know, quick, quick side yeah, question. Yeah. You know, especially the year that you want it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys. Obviously, right, and I mean it was the right thing to do. You know, I we mean, did. we did. Um, but did you run? You still ran a ton of man to man. I would assume in practice, and we did. and yes. just to just to keep the feet active, to keep the communication active, and that yeah. type of stuff. You know, and well, I think and that's important. And you have to make sure that you know you have to have something to go against in practice. So you better be able to play man in practice to go against it. Um, but you know as well as I do, as any coach does, if you can't play man, then you're not going to be very good at zone either. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank God we did because we probably wouldn't have won that state championship if we didn't switch to man there in the second half. That so. You know what? <laughs> I was not surprised that you won it. You know, yeah. you know yep. I was surprised you won it the way that you won it, out, exactly. outscoring them and playing man to man. And playing man to man, I never would have thought. Yeah, yep. and when when we went to man in that at halftime, I remember saying to my assistant, I remember saying, "Well, we have no choice. We're down. I think we're down eleven. We're, you know, they were all over it." And I said, "Well, we have nothing to lose. Let's just go do it. Let's just go play man and see what happens." Yeah, and yeah. And what happened? So I'm glad we practiced man as much as we do. There you go. So 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 you got your you got your yep. twelve to fifteen minutes on your your half court defensive principles and yep. and that type yep. of stuff and and yep. keep keep rolling from there then. Yep. And then we uh, go, you know, another fifteen to twenty on half court offense. Um, and then uh, we I make sure you know last year I made a, a major effort to make sure that we. Uh, spend at least 15 minutes on transition, whether that be transmission, transition offense, uh, transition defense, just because of our personnel. I knew, you know, we had to run last year to be successful. So, uh, and then we weren't very good. I didn't feel like it, uh, transition defense. So we need to make sure we, of course, spend time on that. Um, from there, we go to press and press break, which the reason I do offense and defense earlier than that because we roll right from press to press break right into half-court offense if we can out of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we end with kind of a team shooting drill of some sort, um, uh, free throws, and then, like I said, closure where we talk about our opponent of the week. We talk about if we won, we lost. We talk about positives, announcements. Uh, and then, you know, every time I just talked about kind of the basic what we jump to and there's pretty much that routine but anything we transition from let's say we're transitioning from uh half court defense to half court offense we'll have a two minute break in there where the kids have to shoot usually it's two free throws they run for their misses they get a little break and then they're back in the gym and we're we're rolling on the next uh next thing as well so um like and my goal is like i said to get through practice as efficient as possible but at the same time, one of the, my pet peeves is people standing around. So if yeah. I can occupy or go small groups or have coaches each take a basket just to get more kids involved and less lines, 
you know, obviously that's what I'm doing there. So I don't think it's anything, you know, different than anybody else, obviously. Um, I know all the, all of our drills are competitive. We're keeping score. Um, having consequences for, uh, you know, losing. Um, we don't do, we don't run lines. I don't, I don't know who does. Maybe people do still. But, you know, I think our practices are fast-paced enough and intense enough, and we're doing consequences for losing enough that hopefully they're getting that condition through those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say that, you know, there was no conditioning in there, but no. that's the, I, 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 that's, I hardly ever scheduled a line, you know, yeah. um, yep. you know, let's, let's just practice really hard and that, that'll right. take care of it, you know. It does. I, I truly believe that. And I think kids enjoy that. You know, they'd rather, they'd rather do play with girls as a conditioner than, and who wouldn't, than uh, just do a set of lines. So, you know, that's, when I first started being a head coach, I, I thought, oh, we got a condition, let's all line up, and we're going to do this. And uh, that was a change that I think I've done the last probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. You guys lift during the season? You know, oh, I'm terrible at this. We, we lift <laughs> before the season, and I always say we probably start out lifting. Yep. And then once those games start rolling, I, I, I have a hard time trying to fit it in. And by the time I think we have time to fit it in, I feel like, um, you know, this it's by January and now they're going to be sore because they haven't been doing it. So I, I do not, I don't have them lift. I haven't in the last few years during the season. Um, if anything, we do it maybe those first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when you're playing games on Tuesdays and Fridays and Saturdays and then repeating it on Tuesdays, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to get them in there. And, um, you know, I think the other option would be coming to come in the morning and, I just find it hard to keep the kids involved and maybe those kids that are average kids who aren't sure they want to come out. Now I'm asking them to spend an hour in the morning and, Mm -hmm. you know, two hours after school, then you lose those kids, I think. So it's a fine line. uh, It is. It's hard. I know they should be. I know it's right. I know it's better for them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what what do I, what am I going to do to keep them involved and keep them having fun and, when it's in January and we've been at this for two months and now it's freezing cold outside. How do I keep them having fun? So, yeah. You know, you ever have your kids write any stuff down? Um, do I have, no, I don't think I do. No. Okay. No, that's a good, uh, well, I shouldn't, let me go back. Um, sometimes they have to go back and watch a game and maybe take, tell me like three things that, they did great, three things that the team did great, um, three things that they need to work on, and three things that the team needs to work on. I've had them do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's as far as that's got. Yeah. What's a, what's a, what's a scouting report look like for you guys? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and again, uh, that's a fine line because you want to prepare for, yeah. you know, uh, whoever you're playing on Friday night. But you don't want yeah. to get so overly involved right. with what they're doing that you forget about what you're doing, you know. Exactly. So, so I mean, how do you communicate that information with your kids? Well, first of all, so we'll have a scouting report. I, I think I don't think there's a team that we don't do a scouting report on. Um, but I, I have felt over the years that it just depends on my team how detailed I'm going to be. And the last few years. I feel like we've given given them probably too much information. Mm-hmm. So I maybe made a scouting report for the coaches, and then I, you know, wipe out, delete a lot of the stuff for the players, just because I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's the kids that we have right now, or um, if it's the change of times or what. But I don't feel like they're paying attention to the details, like maybe our, our past players did. Mm-hmm. Um, so our scouting report will list um, starters and then bench players that will have. Um, their tendencies, they will have their strengths and, and probably their you know, definitely their weaknesses. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll have like a, a plan for what we're going to do. We're going to force them right. We're going to let them shoot. We're going to take away the drive. Um, pretty much every player will, will have something like what we plan to do to them. Um, and then I just kind of do a brief for the, for the players. I do a brief like, you know what, this team runs primarily zone. They're going to, you know, run a 2-2-1 zone press. Um, and then I'll say what our plan is and then, um, kind of the keys to victory. I'll have, you know, hopefully five or six of those on there. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then um, I communicated with. So we'll go through it uh, depending on the opponent, depending on that. The you know, is it during the week? Is it a Saturday where I can really go into detail on a Saturday morning yeah. walkthrough? Um, but we will go through it with the players the night for the game. Uh, sometimes more in detail than others, depending on who we're playing and what the situation is. Yeah. And then uh, we have a we use team app, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. Uh, and I'll put the scouting report on the app, and I can, you know, obviously just send that to the players. And I have parents on there too, but I can just send it to the players. And I used to hand a, a scouting report to them, and they asked me, you know, quit, quit giving us these papers. We'd rather read it on our phones. <laughs> so it's funny because sometimes they'll forget the night before to put it on the app, and they'll be like, they'll text me and say, hey, hey, you haven't put that on there yet, you know, right away in the morning. So. I'll get the get it on the team app so they can review through it either on the bus or you know during their school day during their study hall or, or whatever before the game, um, and then we go through it obviously in the locker room for the game just kind of review yeah. through some of the key points as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what uh, you get done with the game or you're going to you know and I know you know it's different with every team you're playing yeah. Team X that really likes to press. Uh, sure. so it's like, okay, we got to, in your mind, you're like, we got to have 17 or less turnovers, you know, uh-huh. at the end of the game or whatever it may be. But, but on an average night on an average, yep. uh, you know, uh, what's, what's the two or three, uh, stats you're going to be looking at at the end of the game on a consistent basis. That's going to tell you, uh, we're on the right track or, you know, that's yep. not good for us. I look at, um, the first thing I look at is uh, field goal percentage. I look at ours and I look at theirs, and uh, I feel like your uh, effective field goal percentage has to be over 45%. Um, so that's number one. Uh, if we're over 45%, I feel like, or, or around 45%, even 44, we're winning a lot of games. Uh, and that's what that three point, you know, obviously figured in. Um, I feel like points in the paint is huge. I feel like, you know, somehow. If we have over 20 points in the paint, we're doing well. If uh, they have less than 12, we're doing well. That's something I look at. Uh, and then um, rebounding percentage. You know, I I feel like uh, defensive rebound percentage, we have to be over 75%. And offense, we have to be over 40. So I look at those areas. Um, turnovers, obviously. Uh, my goal is always 12 or less, you know, and then, uh, force at least 14 on the opponent. Um, so those are the things I love. Free throws, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> gotta look at those too. But, uh, you know, those are things that I look at. I feel like, you know, you know, are we shooting the ball well? Are we getting rebounds? Are they getting rebounds? Sometimes you shoot the ball really well. So I used to say, you know, we should not give up more than eight rebounds a game to our opponent, but now I kind of look at that, you know, rebounding percentage, how many rebounds were actually out there compared to how many, you know, we gave up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that's a great way to look at it. You know, you can't, some games are going to be different in the in the pace and, and how you're playing. Yeah. And, and you may want to go faster that night on, on Tuesday night, but on Friday night you want to slow it down. Right. So it's hard to go. You know, we want our margin to be plus eight or whatever it may uh-huh. be. You know, I think the percentage look at it is is a really smart way to look at it. So, yeah. um, all right. Hey, I got some rapid fire questions for you here. All right. You ready? Fire right. it up with some I rapid think, fire here. You, you, yeah. you got to think quick here, you know. Okay. So. Let's get, yeah, I'll try. All right. All right. Uh, favorite coaching book? Oh, it's got to be one of Pat Summits. Okay. All right. Best concession stand food. Oh, ooh, that's gonna be fast, huh? I, I usually don't eat at the concession stand. I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And, and the varsity game's over. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fav- I'm sorry. That's okay. Favorite player as a kid. Oh, Cheryl Swoops. Cheryl Swoops. All right. Hey. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, she was awesome. Yep. Um, favorite sports movie? Oh, Hoosiers. Gotcha. Uh, words of advice to any new coach. Let's say uh, one of your assistants becomes a head coach. What's okay. You're going to sit down 
and you've got one thing to tell them, what's it going to be? Balance. Just just make sure you balance everything with your life, with your players, with your pressure. Just make mm-hmm. sure you balance everything. Uh, when did you know you belonged? I still don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, don't give no. me that. I, I, uh, you know what, when I could go up to coaches like yourself and, you know, Jerome Skirla, Mark Hagerman, Dave Lacari, and just, you know, have, be friends with them and not just talk basketball with them, but small talk with them, you know, it just really appreciate how many people that are in this profession in our area that are not only willing to help you, but, you know, just be friends with you and, that's been something as soon as that clicked and I don't know when that was, but I felt like, you know what, I think they're accepting me as a coach and not just somebody that's in here, you know, for a year or two. And I think that's when I, I kind of, kind of had more confidence in myself and, and just really appreciated the people around me more. You got, you got to get ready for another state championship game. And you got to run three drills. You got to run three Elkhorn drills. So you, let's say you got an hour in the gym and you want to spend a half hour going over, you know, the stuff you need to go over because you're playing Team X that afternoon okay. or that evening. Okay. Okay. So you got you got three drills. If 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 there's if there's three drills that you trust more than anything else to help you win a ball game, what are your three best drills oh that that you goodness. really believe in? Okay, uh, I would say uh, our, our, uh, one of our transition drills that everybody does, it's, uh, I call it catch-up drill, where you know five players are lined up at the top of the key and five players on the baseline, and I call out a na- one name, two names, three names, and mm-hmm. throw the ball to the team on the defensive end, and the names I call out have to go touch the line, and we're in transition, yep. transition into half court. And then we go down and back. That's that's our. I like that one. Number yep. one, it's a very simple drill, and I think you get a lot out of it. Yep. Um, so that's one. I would say uh, definitely go into our shell series, um, including rebounding on that. I would say that is two. And our best drill that we do um, is called a closeout drill, and uh, it's usually yeah, it's a team three on three. And it is so competitive that sometimes we have to tell the girls to, to take it easy because they get after it. And mm-hmm. that, I would, I would actually put that at number one. You put that so at number one. I would put that at number one. Yeah. Okay. Your your catch up drill that would be one of mine. That would be one of my yeah. three. I yep. think that's, I think that's one of the most uh, complete drills. You get you get everything in that. Yeah. You get everything in that, and uh, I, I think that's. That's one of the best drills you can run as a team. Uh, you, you find out a lot about your kids in that right, drill. Absolutely, I think. yeah. I think yep. So, Jen, this was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You know, um, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, anything else? Anything else that you want to talk about? No, I'm good. I, I don't know if I know much else. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually would like to say thank you. I appreciate what you're trying to do here and what you're doing with this. I think. Uh, the more opportunities we have to learn from each other, you know, obviously the better we're going to be as people and coaches. So, you know, thank you for, for doing this and getting this going. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, you know, one thing I learned last year, and, and I was really lucky um, that a lot of people let me um, come into their space and observe and check things out and I was always really really conscientious of uh, you know I I wasn't gonna share what what you do with sure. coach X Y and Z because uh-huh. you know you were trusting me I wasn't gonna just go out and 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 tell everybody you know wow oh, god yeah you know you should see what Roggy does with this <laughs> right. and blah 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 I mean that's up to you if you want to share that and, uh-huh. and and that type of thing um, but one thing I really learned, um, and, and you know this, but until like there's there's a there's a there's a summer camp. You, you know, you and I go to the same summer camp. 
uh-huh. and you're BSing with each other. Uh, but if we're going to play each other in 20 minutes, we still want to kick the snot out of each other, right. you know, and there's that yeah. different, um, and I, and I feel like, um, you know, everybody's guard was down a little bit more. Um, uh-huh. and, and one thing I really learned is, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, not to sound like high school musical, but we're just kind of all in this together and, uh-huh. and we all face the same problems. We uh-huh. all have the same, uh, issues. And so, you know, I think it's important that we try to help each other and it's nothing against like watching uh, a Gino Ariema coaching right. video or that type of thing or anybody yeah. at that level. I mean, those guys are trying to, to help other coaches as well. Uh, but, but there's different, you know, a lot of the, 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 the issues and the things that you want to know are the same, whether you're uh, Phil Jackson or Gino Ariema or Jennifer Raggi. Um, enjoy me putting your name in that sentence with those two people, by the way, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> but, but, you know, um, there's not a whole lot out there for high school coaches to talk to other high school coaches no, about, yes, about those yes. type of things. And that more than anything else is, uh, what I want to try and do with this is, you know, let's help each other out. Let's, let's put these things out here. Um, let's let people, uh, see, and hear a, a different side of Jennifer Raggi and uh, Kelly Flynn and all the other people that I hope we can get this really going and, sure. and get a lot of people involved with it and and to pick each other's brains uh, to to help each other out, you know. And and that's the biggest thing that I want to do, you know, is is do that because I think I think there's a need for it. I, I really I, do, yeah. you know. Um, so. That's what we, that's what we hope to have happen. That's what yeah, we hope I to have happen. Awesome. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I can't do it, uh, without people like you helping me out. So sure. thank you so much. Uh, this was, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun, yeah. you know, um, big thanks to, uh, to Jennifer Raggi from Elkhorn high school. Uh, how, how you feel about your team this year? Real quick, 30 seconds. Um, uh, you know what? Gonna going to be a, a great year for us. I think we uh, will play our class B slash A schedule, but it's going to be a real challenge just because of going into that class A competition. So, mm-hmm. um, but we got, we got some good uh, returning players, so yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. Just kind of go into it and give it everything we have and see where we, where the eggs fall. Yeah, that'll, that'll be good. You'll do a great job. Your kids will be, your kids will be ready to go. Thanks again, Jen. I appreciate it so much. I want to thank Cossack uh, Chiropractic for once again sponsoring the podcast. If you're needed, any, if you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Uh, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, please, like I said, download, rate, review, give us five stars. Uh, the more five-star ratings, the more we get out there, the more we can help other people that are listening to this podcast, just like you and I give us an email. If you have any questions, if you got any suggestions, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody for listening here tonight. I want to thank uh, Jennifer Raggi from Elkhorn high school, helping out again, and we will look forward to hearing you guys next time. Thanks so much.